Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. A lot of the time we're inclined to just get out there and run to focus on what we always do when it comes to running because, well, that's what we always have done without ever really reflecting, uh, is it a dangerous path to go down? Today on Irishman Running Abroad, Olympic medalist, multi-world champ and record breaker Sonia Sullivan sits down to talk about the five questions we all need to ask ourselves as runners to make sure we are on the right path, doing it for the right reasons and to get the most out of this thing that we all love doing. We are not in the same room this week, but you are still in Ireland, Sonia, and many of our listeners will know this from watching your analysis on RTE throughout the Olympics and as part of the 60-person uh, group who showed up yesterday for our first ever meet-up run in Sean Moore Park in Dublin. Such a great event, Sonia. Like, what was your take on it? It was just so, so much fun. It was great. It, it was so much fun. You know, it was um, one of those things where I suppose there was no question about going for a run yesterday, you know, because you were meeting someone or meeting people. And I mean, I had no idea how many people were going to turn up. I think I drove past and it was it was a bit early, but you didn't know that. <laughs> it was at uh, eight. I was there just after 8.30 yeah. and um, I realized that I was a bit early because uh, you were the only person I saw in the park. <laughs> So I, so I didn't realise you did you know, a whiz by just scope it out. Will, will I bother going to this? <laughs> so, but it was also there was a bit of rain coming down. You know, you know when you stop the car and the wind wipers are stopped and the, there's some water still hitting the window, you're kind of thinking, I'm not getting out here yet. Yeah, I'm so you, you said I'll leave cold. Jar in the rain on his own in a park. <laughs> in Dublin and let him think about the decisions he's made with his life. I can't believe you did that. But then I would have sat in my car if I could. Uh, it was, all, it was, it was early just, though. That was early. It was really, I mean, it wasn't early. <laughs> you mean it was early? It wasn't that early. I was, well, it, I was up at five, you know. Sure, well, this already. is the thing. 9am doesn't feel early normally, but we'd all just watched Kelly Harrington storm to the gold in the ring. So most of us had been up since all hours and the buzz and the blood was up definitely when everybody arrived. You could just, just that, that sense across the city that something huge had happened in terms of sport. You went over to Portland Row, is that right? Well, yeah, we did. Myself and Robert Heffernan, we we, we stayed up late on, what night, Monday, Saturday night. All these days are running into each other. <laughs> to watch, which was Sunday morning, to watch, into Sunday morning, to watch the men's marathon take mm. place, the last running event from the Tokyo Olympics. And it's great, these running, you know, if you start watching a marathon, you can't stop watching it. And we were, I was particularly watching because um, one of our teammates, Suguru Osaka, was running. And he was a Japanese runner, one of the ones, you know, we had hoped he might get a medal. And um, he was finished in sixth place. But for a long part of the race, towards the end, it looked like he was maybe going to catch the chasing group. Because Kipchoge, Elliot Kipchoge, the greatest marathon of all, was after making a break for it. And, you know, he was gone to pick up his gold medal. But Suguru, yeah, he left himself with a bit too much to do. 
but you know you can't stop watching so mm. I was up till about two in the morning watching that and I was thinking oh there's no way I'll be up for this to see Kelly Harrington now so I just went to bed and you know I as I do I don't tend to ever set an alarm um, unless I have a plane to catch um, <laughs> and um, you know, somehow I woke up at around five o'clock and then I couldn't go back to sleep and I kept you know the way you lie down and you keep checking your watch and yeah. there's only five minutes gone <laughs> And then eventually I thought, right, I'm going to watch this thing. So I, and I'm in this hotel room. I've got a fine big TV in the room. But I watched it on the iPad because <laughs> I could do that without, without much effort. <laughs> okay. So you're and then in the same, sideways watching it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So at the same time, then, of course, I had to send a message to Rob. Uh, we had a group chat myself, Rob and Derville, that Derville created on the second last day. She actually collect, she created it. <laughs> On the day she left, because I think she didn't want to feel left out <laughs> when, we, when we were on for one more day. So I messaged the group and I said, are you watching this? <laughs> and I got a reply from Rob, which I was like, oh, this is great. So then we had a bit of chat on the, the WhatsApp while watching. I said, I have no idea what's going on here in the first round. And yeah, I thought, definitely. I think the we're first round some... did feel like I, it's anyone's guess what's, what's happening here. And you felt we were getting biased commentary a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but then the second round, you could definitely sense it was going in Kelly's favour. And um, yeah, then we were buzzing, you know, when it was all over. It was kinda, and I was after putting on my Irish tracksuit and T-shirt <laughs> and <laughs> put a green Irish boxing key ring on my keys. And I said, come on, Rob, let's go. <laughs> we go and see what's going on outside. <laughs> so we just went for a drive through Dublin. I said, we're going to the other side of the river <laughs> to check on all the flags where Kelly lived. And then, of course, you know, then I was wide awake and there was no chance of going back to bed. Uh, Rob had his breakfast and he was thinking about coming for a run with us down at Seanmore Park. And I said to him, sure, just jog by. We'll be down there for a while. And uh, I, he, went, he went back to bed. Oh, I wanted to ask you one thing about Kelly, uh, Sonia, because she said in her post-fight interview was just an unbelievable piece of personality and humanity in so many ways. She showed everybody, you know, who she was, why she got there and what type of a human it takes to do this. And maybe more so than any Irish gold medalist, we just got a window into things. She talked about feeling the Irish people behind her and how some people might suggest that that would feel like a weight on your shoulders. But she felt it was propping her up and shoving her forward like the wind on your back. Can you relate to that at all? Or were you closer to that feeling of, oh, God, I hope I don't let everyone down? I think you think those thoughts after what you're doing a lot. You do you do feel, you know, people are in your corner and people are supporting you. It's kind of a, it's like an energy that you feel, a positive energy. I think when you get people, you know, who are close by, who are even in, you know, if you're away at the event and you feel like everybody wants you to do well, then you sense that everybody mm. back home wants you to do well as well. And it's just an overall good feeling and a positive feeling. And then, you get that wave of momentum behind you. And when you have that, then, you know, if you're in the right mindset and you're ready and you're prepared, then you just hop on that wave and you go with it. And yeah. then that's when you feel that energy that's helping you along there. And, you know, any doubts that can creep into your mind, you're able to push them aside because, you know, there's only one 
goal and focus in your mind and that is you know to to get to the finish first and to be get the best results mm. and you know you kind of hit you hit away anything negative that's kind of questioning what you're doing and you only think okay you you often hear people say you know who wants to win, whoever wants to win this the most will win it mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are you know they only see one end goal and you know everybody's out there trying to win but there's always one person there who's going to be able to do it more than anybody else because they've just somehow got everything going for them and you know there's they just have the perfect race or the perfect fight or the perfect whatever it is they're doing everything just seems to fall the right way and it doesn't happen all the time but every now and then when it does you know people say was that the perfect race and sometimes it is but you always think you can do better so then you kind of think well yes but not quite I can do more and and sometimes you can and sometimes you can't well it really felt like it was it was Kelly's you know exactly what you're describing there that fearlessness of it like every time they were either broken up or separated she didn't stand back at all like that whole uh, impetus to go and seize it like actually go and grab this thing and not let it come to you I think was written all over the performance and I don't know a load about uh, or about boxing by any stretch of the imagination but that kind of sense of to step forward into the opportunity rather than kind of see how this plays out I guess when you've only got nine minutes to make it happen you kind of got to do that but is is she prepared for what comes next Sonia because I'm sure you've had that thing of oh my life was one way now I've done this and things are completely different now but it's funny you know I thought I was thinking about that yesterday a couple of times actually it came into my head that you know just to you know, to win an Olympic gold medal is like everybody, you know, who's involved in sport would love to do that. That That's like the crowning glory. Mm. But I was thinking, I do not envy what's coming next. Really? <laughs> not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's great, you know, to have, you know, the people behind you and the support and everything, but this is just going to be like a tidal wave is going to hit her. And <laughs> it's, you know, there's so much good things about what's going to come her way, but there's just so much that you crave of your old life, mm-hmm. of the peace and the quiet. And and, and I suppose I, I have managed to do that a lot in that I quite enjoy my own company and I like to escape. And, you know, I suppose to go running, you know, mm-hmm. helps so much with that. Because when you go for a run, people are very, are less likely to stop you. They'll wave and smile. Mm, they don't but, interrupt. No, running is like driving, you know. You can't be stopped. You're, just, you're in that momentum and it, you're doing something. And people don't interrupt you when you're doing something. But if you're strolling down the street, <laughs> then you can very easily be interrupted. Or if you're, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's all very nice and positive and people mean well. But I'm sure for Kelly, initially, it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. And she will definitely need to escape at some point and um, have some time. Because, you know, when you're an athlete, you're so focused and you're in your own little world. And then all of a sudden, you're everybody's property gotcha. and people own you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I had, like, when I was in Dublin this weekend or this past week, often we would go out and 
for dinner or drink or something. And Derville was quite conscious of this. So, like, if you were out in the evening time and there's people around and they've had a few drinks, they become a lot more braver and they're very willing to come up and, you know, I suppose they kind of invade your space mm-hmm. and for a bit more time than you would like. Yeah. <laughs> so Der- Derville was our COVID officer and she was separating people out. <laughs> Which I suppose it's great. COVID is good for this because yeah, that might work. You, can, for... <laughs> you know, you can keep people at a distance because you know this past eighteen months, you do start to think that people can be very get very close to you, and you know all the handshaking, the hugging, the kissing, mm. all this stuff, and now and now you start to think, you know, now you have a a way of kind of putting that a little bit of far, and you mm. can create your own little bubble around yourself. But I think. Kelly, she's such a nice person that is, um, yeah, she'll have people all over. Yeah, maybe she can hire hire Derville O'Rourke to uh, step in and be that person. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Big, big (laughs) shout out to Kelly and her family and all of her team. Just uh, I'm like you say, I'm so unbelievably happy for her. And I hope that even if a couple of people do hear this and think to themselves, yeah, might be nice to give the thumbs up, but to uh, respect that bit of space might be a good thing to say and or to put out there into the world. We have to give a few shout outs to people at our event yesterday in Sean Moore Park. Brendan, who drove up from Mullingar, was the first man on site. Fair play to you, Brendan. Emer O'Brien was there, of course, from the Chi running episode. Uh, so everybody was lifting their heels up and uh, avoiding the heel strike again. Yes, we set out at nine o'clock on the dot. I kind of couldn't believe how on the dot we were, as could the latecomers who arrived and were like, where the hell is everybody gone? You did the description of the route, Sonia, which was for me the highlight of the event. Essentially, Sonia performed a foil arms and hog sketch. When you get to the tree, you have to go left. Keep going. And when you get that sense that you've gone too far. You've gone too far. (laughs) That was easily the funniest moment. Tina watched everyone's bags with Lisa from Park Runs. And we have to give a shout out to both of them for bringing the energy, as well as that uh, Louise Barnwall, who specifically came down to take photos. Total legend stuff there. Anyway, off we went. Uh, Debbie Carrigy, Sarah Byrne, Matt Moran, Orla Bourne, who made a dash for the line at the end. And I mean... I wasn't a huge fan of that, Orla, if you're listening. Uh, we'll forgive you, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was. But I think I started, I think I started it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you started to take off and Orla wasn't going to let you win your run, which, <laughs> even though it wasn't a race. But let's talk about that pace, though, Sonia. A steady 4.55 pace for the first 6K. And I honestly couldn't believe that I was running at that speed. First of all, because you said it was going to be an easy pace. Second of all, I've never run at that pace inadvertently. Like, neither of us even realised that that's the pace we were running at. And I know a, a few people were kind of nudging each other going, what the hell is going on here? But lads like Paddy Booth, Paul Giles, Darren O'Connor, Elmarie Malloy, Diran, Rianne, all held on to it, kept up with the pace. Uh, I think partially because of the buzz. I mean, I mentioned that earlier. In some way, the chats and the buzz of the group run, I really felt it anyway. It made me want to to 
get out there and join my local club. But not everybody kept the face, Sonia, it has to be said. I'm not sure how aware of this uh, you're aware. You are. But Tina said that she witnessed numerous participants hiding in bushes (laughs) and behind trees waiting for the group to come around the loop again so that they could join back in. Have you ever heard of anything like that, Sonia? Have you ever seen that? <laughs> uh, well, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a good route for, you know, taking shortcuts and intercepting. I know someone who's very good at it is my dog back in Australia, who I miss a lot, is Winnie. She's really good at cutting corners and joining back in. <laughs> so it's a smart, you know, yeah, smart no, dog, so that smart makes people. You, yeah, smart, smart. Shout out to Winnie in Australia. In the end, almost everyone won a prize. I think it's safe to say. Thanks to Sonia's gigantic bag of gear. Stephen Reed, Finn McKeown, Carl Phelan, Winona Grant, Barry Egan, Darren O'Connor, Caroline Hanley, Jack Conroy from the Irish squad, trainer for the Euros out at Appardstown. Big shout out to Jack who popped out. Mr. an hour of training to do it Paul Bissett Dara McKeown again great photos from Dara and Paul thank you both Michael Martin not Michal Martin and Stephen Byrne big thanks to everyone who got in touch who couldn't make it of course and tried to make it along including Denise Brady who is says she's absolutely buzzing for the next one which tentatively is planned for Christmas all things going well Sonia is that your plan? Are you are you going to make it back for Christmas? I hope so. I mean, that's a bit like um, someone asked me something the other day and I said, lunchtime. Um, and they said, yeah, it's, it's a bit vague, you know, <laughs> when is lunchtime? When is Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, yes, later in the year we will get together in on when we're heading towards Christmas. And, uh, and I must give a bit of a shout out as well to Terry Murphy in Cove and the Ballymore Cove Athletic Club because they were actually my suppliers of a lot of those prizes from oh, very good. The, the Cove 10 mile road race which takes place in April uh, it's been virtual the last two years but hopefully we'll have it in person in 2022 I loved the pop up feel to this I mean the Cove thing is one thing and the, the t-shirts were amazing as were the hairy baby gear that we had on display on both of us but in a world of registration and send away to get your jersey there was a lovely pop up let's just do this feel which in so many ways is kind of the essence of this thing here and what we're about to talk about today I I loved that part of it that it just didn't feel over administrative it was a gang of people who loved running giving a go at whatever they could do on a Sunday so that was great too it was great because we we have all been running together virtually, you know, wherever we live and travel and, you know, wherever we get a chance and connecting with each other on Strava. So it was it was brilliant to get together. And you could sense a few people around the park were thinking, what's going on here? There's nothing advertised. <laughs> yeah. Why is all these people running down the path? And, then, and the people were very nice to look after their pulling their dogs as we were coming. And I hope that little girl has recovered after <laughs> the first overly friendly dog went to greet her. The, she the had most, just jumped out of the car. Yeah, the most beautiful golden retriever fully jumped up to this little blonde haired girl as if to say, hey, we've got the same hair. 
frightened the shite out of this child. It was an awful moment, but hopefully she has recovered. And yeah, like we said, there is no big advertising budget here on Irishman Running Abroad. It's all about you spreading the word if you enjoy it, and please do that. So on to our questions all runners need to ask themselves to hear the full list, the full episode, including Sonia's final Olympic review and illustrated episode notes with more on the topic and the event from the weekend. Come on over and join us on patreon.com forward slash Abroad for the price of a coffee today. A few clicks and you're in. And I promise you'll never need to think about what will I listen to on my next run? You'll have hundreds of hours of interviews with the greatest Irish people and athletes of all time, including Ronnie Delaney, Rob Hefford and Dervil O'Rourke, Sinead Diver and many, many more. So, Sonia, what is the first question that runners need to be asking themselves? Okay, I just changed my pages here now. You see, you're you're not on my shoulder today now, so I'm multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) I was just I was actually just starting to write out your training plan for the week. (laughs) Yeah. While I'm listening to you as well. So the first question that we need to ask ourselves when we get up in the morning or whenever if we're when we're about to get ready to go for a run is how do I feel? Mm. Now, do I feel ready for this run? Am I up for it? Or am I feeling a bit tired and a bit sluggish? And is the reason for that because I'm feeling unwell, or is it because I'm feeling unmotivated? And there's a big difference there of how do you feel and Mm. you know to be if you're not well then you probably have to dig a little deeper and work out you know if you really should go for a run today or not but if you're feeling unmotivated then you need to kind of get to the bottom of that too because you know most of the time when we're feeling unmotivated about going for a run or going for some exercise we actually will feel a lot better when we come back. And mm. we, we always need to remember that. Yeah, sorry. But. Can I jump in there? Because, <laughs> you know, this kind of mental check-in that you're describing here. So I don't know a lot of these questions that Sonia is about to raise. This is one of the few episodes where we've, we've not really gone into what you're going to say here. But I just the, when you say it, that mental check-in is something that a lot of us will think is a bad thing to do. Because you think, if I think about this too much, I won't do it. But you're making the case that it's important to check in with yourself before you go and just have a moment of, well, where's my head at in relation to this? And is that because, Sonia, that that will reveal not only if you're not feeling well, if your body isn't up for this, where you're, how you're going to attack the run, but also a wider sense of whether running has stopped being fun for you. Yeah, I mean, that's the key question is, or, or I suppose the answer that you need to have is, is this fun? Am I enjoying this? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we do this because we enjoy it and we feel good doing it and we, we feel even better after it. And sometimes you, you feel good running. It's not like joking and laughing, feeling good. It's just this good overall feeling that it gives you and, mm. you know, how it sets you up for the day afterwards. And it's to be able to, I suppose, differentiate between that good feeling and kind of forcing yourself out there to do something. Yeah, the grind. Just just because just just because it's written on a piece of paper doesn't mm. mean you have to go there. <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, I I mean, sometimes I will be, you know, I'll have 
a training plan for myself and different things I want to do on each day. And you get up and it's not a very nice day. It might be windy and raining and horrible out there. And you're having, this isn't going to be very much fun out here. And tomorrow looks like a much nicer day. So maybe I'll just take today off. And that's not really a negative or it's not giving in. It's just making a better decision because I'm going to enjoy my run much better tomorrow. And today is a day where I can probably do a lot more stuff inside at home and I've loads of stuff to sort out. But the guilt, it's not like Sonia, that today. The, it guilt, looks nice out there. the guilt is ferocious, though, if particularly if you are an Irish person running abroad, <laughs> you were raised to, to beat yourself up on that. The days when I do that, and let's be honest, since I got back to Ireland, there has been unbelievable rain, uh, a full 13 degree swing in temperature, maybe more. The days when I go, yeah, maybe today is the day that I'll do a little bit of core work or some sort of uh, strengthening indoors. I, I just feel rotten about myself and I feel like a failure when you don't do it. Is there any way of like dealing with that or kind of unwiring the guilt that comes with it? Um, I think you have to, you know, work. I suppose you have to talk to yourself and tell yourself that, you know, you don't have to run every day. And then you, so you make good choices and you choose the good days to run. And then you choose the other days. You just choose something else to do. Like today, now, I'm not sure when I'm going to run today. And so when I get up, I'm kind of thinking, I don't even know what I'm going to wear or how I'm going to get organized. And so the, the, the first thing I did this morning when I got up was I, well, I made a cup of coffee. <laughs> and then, but then preparing for the podcast, I just got, you know, pen and paper and just started writing things down. Mm. And even that leads to, you know, a good feeling. You're being productive and you feel like you're, you know, being measured and you're working things out in a in a way that all of a sudden you're kind of starting to, picture how your day is going to go and where you're going to fit in something Um, because for me I would rather just get up and go for a run straight away but some days you just don't you feel just a bit flat and a bit I suppose unmotivated and then your body isn't ready for it Mm -hmm. and then that's when you have to weigh up okay well if my body's not ready for it I'm not really going to push through here because that's a time when you might get injured and you're not going to enjoy it you know you're out there and you're just trudging along and it's no fun. Whereas later on, I might, you know, call up a friend and see if they want to go for a run. And then it will be a different run. It will have more purpose to it. And sometimes you have to do that. You have to change from the strict routine and the, the training program and that, oh, I have to do this today and this tomorrow. And, you know, nobody else is fitting into my time slots here. So I have to do it by myself. Mm. And sometimes you just have to let that go and kind of go back to, why you enjoy running so much and sometimes it means slowing down a little bit and just going for a chat with someone and it's it's like going for a walk but you're just going at a little faster pace yeah and you just don't pay attention to the time and the distance you're just going out there and enjoying it for you know the reason that we all do the running is because it makes you feel good yeah turn off the turn off the notifications and the beeps uh from that watch i know that i've i've experienced the benefits of that and certainly this weekend and this visit home has been kind of eye-opening to me in the sense of 
how alone running was for me in this past year and has been, I'm sure, for loads of people out there who are shielding or that this was the only way they could get their exercise, many of whom discovered the podcast the same way. That reunification with other people is going to be the story, I think, of the next chapter of this uh, podcast. And I can't wait to get more and more into that side of things, the social end of this. So how do I feel is question number one. Question number two you suggested to me was, did I get enough sleep? That is something that we have not done on this show, which seems remarkable when you consider that it's as important as the petrol that you put in the engine in terms of your food. Yeah, I mean, sleep is it's an essential part of everybody's day. And sometimes we operate on very little sleep and we can get away with it up to a certain point. Like I think on what Saturday night, I probably only had about three hours sleep at most. And so then I'm just you're just operating on adrenaline all day long and you have these peaks and troughs that you have throughout the day. But that's not a natural way to go through, you know, your every day. So then you have to reset and recharge and you have to kind of see yourself sometimes as it's like your energy is there's a battery inside in you. And you know the way that sometimes you get the color is green when it's full Mm. and then it goes down, down, down and yellow and red. And, you know, you have to work out which zone that you're operating in based on the amount of sleep that you're getting. And sometimes you might be just in the yellow zone for too long. And then, you know, that's a dangerous place to be because you're pushing the envelope all the time and trying to get the most out of yourself but you're not really fully charged and so every now and then you just have to you know try and get more sleep and I mean I know some people have trouble getting sleep so tell me about it I imagine that all of the people with young babies and kids listening to this right now are rolling their eyes going Sonia yeah try and get more sleep I fucking wish that was even an option I mean you must have had periods like that where the kids were so small and you were just dreaming of getting more sleep but it wasn't available to you what do you say to those people I think you have to, well, you have to work out some kind of a routine that gets you you and the kids are on it. There's some kind of routine where you're all getting a big block of sleep at a time. I mean, I, I, I never really had that much trouble with Kira and Sophie when they were babies. I mean, unless there was something wrong with them. In, mm. in their normal schedule, they actually slept pretty good. And I suppose they probably, I made them fall into my routine and then I, fell into their routine and it worked out. I mean, I I suppose I started to get up earlier to run when before that I would have run later. So that then meant that I had to go to bed earlier. So then I was going, I was more on their schedule and we all got in our six or seven or eight hours sleep, whatever we could. But the sleep part, yeah, it changes, I think, throughout your life and even throughout your year and day and week. And sometimes I sleep great and sometimes I sleep terrible. And I think it's how you then mentally approach it, you know, when, depending, if you haven't had enough sleep, like if you keep going around telling me, oh, I feel tired, I'm exhausted. And I, and I heard lots of people saying this, you know, yesterday, not at our run, but, you know, just in general, mm-hmm. out in RTE, everybody was tired, but you just had to keep driving forward and, thinking you're not tired and I knew you see I knew I had to drive to Cove yesterday evening and I knew I couldn't get tired because that's a really hard thing to do is to drive when you're tired 
And you just have to keep the energy up until you allow yourself to stop. And then you just have to put everything, like you just have to put everything away. Like I don't have my phone in the bedroom. I don't, as much as I can, I don't. But specifically, if I know I need to get a good night's sleep, I turn it off, completely turn it off. I don't know, there's probably not many people out there who turn their phone off because even the little buzzes and vibrations, if it's on silent, can, you know, you can hear them. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. you nearly sense them uh, I do think it's it's a game changing piece of advice that's been doing the rounds for quite some time but people still it's one of those pieces of advice that everyone knows they should be doing it but how many of us actually do it give it a go this week and let us know how you get on turn the phone off an hour before sleep and don't bring it into the bedroom is the tip that I've heard so many times but I'm damned if I can do it Many of us, as we know, go to sleep scrolling, 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 and then conk out. And it's just not what the human brain is built to do. To hear the rest of the questions, as I say, this is your week. Pop over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. A couple of clicks, sign up and you're in and you'll get the full extended episodes every single week. Three episodes a week, including Marion McKeown on a Friday. The full back catalogue and archive episode notes fully illustrated on this episode from these podcasts and much much more on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad thanks to Brian Connolly for his sound production Tina and Mikey and of course Sonia and come on over hear the rest of this over on Patreon one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.